Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Um, For those that don't know me, my name is Randy Thornton. I'm the interim pastor here at Cornerstone. Uh, Former Pastor Willie Taylor passed away unexpectedly last year. I've been involved here at Cornerstone for 10, I don't know, a long time. And so part of their oversight team. And uh, so what we're doing, the reason we're having a um, church-wide meeting, in fact, if you're a guest today, uh, we would love to invite you to join us for that meal uh, because we're talking about some of the future plans and decisions that uh, Cornerstone's going to have to make uh, concerning the future, where we're going. And we're really excited about that meeting. Uh, We've been introducing some options that we feel are very good options uh, to to the church here. So uh, we want to just have a time when you have questions, concerns. Uh, now's the time for us to have those uh, opportunity to, to hear about where uh, God might be leading us here at Cornerstone to go. Amen? Yes. Amen. Now, <clears throat> um, today's message, uh, I spoke last week in Southern Pines campus. I got a little echoing going on. So um, <clears throat> last week I spoke at the Southern Pines campus. Now, so that you kind of know what that means is I had to preach that message on Thursday uh, at uh, 2 o'clock, and we do a run-through meeting, and then we preach it again. We have a a service on Thursday night where we have uh, several, I don't know, two or 300 people come on a Thursday night, and what we do is we, because of our multi-sites, we capture the video of that message to send out to some of our multi-sites. You guys saw uh, Ryan Peterson speak a couple weeks ago, right? So what was great that week when we did that is, is Sam and Stella and Virgil and uh, Dietria had come and they were able to attend one of our multi-sites. Uh, so they, they were there live and then they came to, uh, that was at 9.30 and then at 11 o'clock they came to the Southern Pines campus. Uh, no, it was... Video on at uh, seven o'clock, nine thirty. They went to our, our multi-site, watched it. Then they came to the campus and watched it live. And then they were able to watch the same identical message uh, here at this uh, location. So they were able to see three different experiences of how that is. And again, we always do a combination of a lot of live preaching, but some video. But even as we go forward. Uh, our heart is to be able to take people on a journey. So I preached last Thursday twice. They captured it, showed it at uh, our Seven Lakes campus, uh, and other online. And then what we did from there, I have three services on Sunday that I have to preach. Hey, Jake, got some. Yesterday we were walking around uh, uh, Liberty University. Jake and Mandy. Jake and Mandy. Jake. Jake grew up to a high degree, at Grace Church in Southern Pines. Uh, his parents were military. Now his parents are in Florida. But we were walking around Liberty University, kind of taking the tour of the, of the... And Jake said, hey, that looks like Pastor Randy. Amen? <laughs> got some other new friends that we visited with yesterday. So uh, John and his wife, uh, Meredith. All right? And they have several children. And they're staying with the Casey's. And uh, so we've had a lot of children and... Lots of activities, amen? So, so Jake, good, good having you. He's going to Liberty as well as Mandy, uh, and uh, they're engaged, okay. And Jake, Jake has done a lot of video editing for the church. In fact, we'll bring him down 
and he'll do a lot of uh, stuff for us. So, you know, it's kind of nice to you walk around campus and people, hey, Pastor Randy, okay. So that's how, God's up to something, guys, I'm telling you. Amen. So today's message after this, I've all, just the reason I'm telling you this, I've preached that five times, and this is the only time that I don't have a time to finish on time. Oh, no. No, I'm going to try to be timely just because we have a big day ahead of us. But this is a really important message that I feel is on the heart of God. Um, and so the message is intended to help us all make a decision now to prepare for what the future is bringing. Uh, my, my message is entitled Avoiding Deception. Uh, and, I, and I do actually want to get through my message, not through three points. You know, I want to get through the message as much as possible because I feel it's an important message for the body of Christ, especially uh, where we feel God is leading us. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to open him with prayer and ask God to be with us. But I really want you to ask God what part you need to, to, to receive, what decision you need to make today uh, concerning your faith and your future. So, Father, we come before you and we look to you to uh, just give us wisdom and guidance uh, concerning what you're doing in the world today, but also what you're leading your people to do to prepare for what you're about to do. So, God, give us wisdom. Lord, anoint the message. Uh, open those that are here just to hear what you want to speak to them, their part in, in preparing for the next major move of the Holy Spirit. God bless today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to ask you a question. <clears throat> With what God's doing in the world today, what I believe we'll see in the next multiple years, this church will not look the same. But it won't be just this church. I believe churches around the world. Either they'll be, they won't be in existence, or God's going to be on the move, and we're going to see lots of people coming to Christ. And, and again, every time there's a major move of the Holy Spirit, God does it different than the past. It's like he just, I don't know why God does it. He just always does something new. So, but you have to find out what that is and, and, and stay attuned with what God is doing. So today's message is entitled Avoiding Deception. Now, the reason is, is uh, I think there's, uh, you know, we saw, again, God kind of warned us that there were going to be things that were going to be happening in our nation before COVID came out so you know we begin to speak to the church saying guys the next 12 to 18 months this was before COVID hit the next 12 to 18 months are going to be some of the most turbulent times in our nation's history how many of you know that came to pass um, the thing that God is speaking to us at present which is the reason I've changed my whole I've released my church being the senior pastor for 35 years 36 years and I'm investing my time preparing this church as well as other churches in a relationship with our community and hopefully here in the Lynchburg community to what is God doing and are we prepared for what's about ready to happen. I had an opportunity to meet with several different people yesterday. I met with a group of pastors or a couple pastors in the morning just challenging them here in the Lynchburg area. Is your church ready if God starts moving? Um, are we prepared for a discipleship process leadership training, how to really prepare and handle for a major move of the Holy Spirit. Now, those people don't know me from Adam, but that's all right. This is what God's told me to do, so I'm going to do it. Amen? Amen. And I've seen God be faithful to uh, when he tells us something, 
uh, we've seen that many, 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 many of those things come to, to reality. So, so the reason it's called avoiding deception, last week uh, just uh, when I was preaching that message, I prepared the message before, and uh, that week these were some of the things that went on in the news, uh, just random things that I happened to see happen. All right. One of the ones was that there was the Church of England, which is part of the early King James. We saw that yesterday. The writing of the King James Version of the Bible is they've, they have left biblical, what the Bible would say is the inerrancy of God's word. And they says, first of all, we're no longer standing on that doctrine that we believe the Bible is, our, is the word of God. But they've adopted more of a, a liberal view where they would say the Bible are the words of God. There's a difference between the word of God and the words of God. And whenever you start doing that, all the things that are the major tenets of the Christian faith, such as family, marriage, the, the, the virgin, all the major tenets of the Christian faith become in question. So the Church of England last week made a public official that they now endorse a same-sex marriage, deviating from God's design for family and marriage. Now, guys, I'm going to talk about some difficult, sticky-wicky situations. I want to speak the truth, but I want to do it in a loving way. Now, how many of you have ever, we all have, sometimes the truth can either be a scalpel that cuts you, gets down and you can do surgery or that same truth can be used as a baseball bat and leave you black and blue black and blue and wound you not in a healthy way well my heart today is I I, I want to talk about some delicate situations but I want to cut you is that okay so as much as I can in a gentle way I want to talk about some sticky wickies that are, are going to be some of the difficulties that the body of Christ are going to have to face in the next few years. We're already facing them, but they're going to become more predominant. And if I was to choose a community where there might be some divisiveness, here in Lynchburg with Liberty University and a, law, a large, strong biblical presence, a lot of those biblical tenets will be under assault. Just so you kind of know, many of your major universities in America, like Yale, Harvard, many of those were originally solid biblical Christian universities that were taken over and walked away from God's standards. And no longer, you know, some of them have seminaries, but if you go to those seminaries, they're more cemeteries than they are <laughs> seminaries, Okay. And I'm not, I'm not here to bash anybody. But we, I, I want to speak the truth because I think we need to make some decisions now in what I believe are, is going to happen. So, so, so the, the Church of England last week publicly announced that, and again, my sermon was prepared before then, is uh, that they're choosing to endorse same-sex marriage, deviating from God's design for family and God's design for a lot of other things. Last week, I just happened to be turned on the news, and there was a, a C-SPAN or whatever, and there was a debate going on in Congress or whatever it was, and it was about should we uh, pass a bill that endorses uh, chemical castration of young children as low as age four to ten years of age? And so 
this is a bill that's been trying to be passed in the Senate in our nation. And there was a, one of the, the men that was interviewing the guy that was a part of this, uh, trying to oppose this bill. The, 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 the congressman asked me, so what's your qualification of why you're trying to stand against this bill? He says, I'm a human being. And what you're endorsing is child abuse, flat out child abuse. You know, we have 16-year-olds who we say don't have enough emotional and physical cognitive skills to, to drive. And we say you have to wait so you can learn how to drive because you might kill someone. And then we say, how old is it in North Carolina or in Virginia to drink alcohol? I think that's national, isn't it now? You can't even drink alcohol until you're 21 but you can have a four-year-old decides if he wants to be a boy or a girl. Now, guys, how low can we get? But, guys, it's only, you know, compound interest. It's like a penny a day, double it. It goes from two cents to four cents to eight cents to 16 cents. Well, within a month, month it's over a million dollars. We're on a escalation of deception and since we've seen with COVID and some of the things that are going on in our news, how many of us like, how many of you, again I, 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 I've almost turned news off I mean but how many of you really believe what you hear on the news now I guess I'm not here to bash our nation, I'm not here to bash, bash. but 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you turned on the news and you actually kind of believed what they were saying. But I don't know of anybody that watches the news that thinks actually everything they're hearing is true. Because you'll watch two different news stations and what they're saying is completely different. And which one is really right? So we're living in a, in a, in a season when it seems like there's an unparalleled, it's like a plug has been pulled off of what is true and what is not true, and there's been a release of deception. Could we, could we all agree that it seems like it's increasing? And that deception's not only impacting the world, but it's impacting the church, the body of Christ at large. To see churches deviating from God's standards, the inerrancy of God's word, and we'll get into some of that. So we're all, can we all just kind of say this is starting to happen on a, Rapid exponential curve. So, when they're when 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 you work at a bank, one of the things that they do is they try to teach you when you're handling money, the bank teller, how do you how do you discern when something is counterfeit? And we have copiers today that are so amazing that you can print a dollar bill, and if you didn't know it was a was not a dollar bill. It looks identical because of the technology that we have. Still to this day, there's only one company, and it's called the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. How do, how do they teach people at a bank to discern if something's not or is true or not? They have the number one way they teach them is they teach them the feel. Because only one company is able to produce the, 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 paper, the dollars that are. A one, a five, a ten, a fifty, a hundred, a thousand. It's the feel. So they have only one company in the world that has at present been able to manufacture that. And so when they're teaching bank tellers, they teach them the feel. 
Now, there's also pens now with some of the newer dollar bills they can mark, but still, it's the feel. And sometimes as we're facing the future, we're going to be confronted with some deception. And if you're not really grounded, there's a possibility that we could be deceived. It's like this. How many of you men in this room thought that you were having a discussion with your wife and thought you were right? Only to find out you were deceived. Right? Now, ladies are never wrong, so I'm not going to ask that question. All right? So, is it possible for some of us, even now, to have bitten into some lies that may not be true? And we've made some concessions in our life that probably God might want to correct. Amen? Okay. So, I want to read the scripture because I believe it's very pertinent for where we are. 2 Corinthians 10. Wow, this thing moves. All right, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of the flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into obedience of Christ. In other words, There's a bunch of stuff. Our fight is not a flesh and blood. It's not people. It's not media. It's not Republicans or Democrats. It's not white and it's not black. We have a heavenly war that's going on. And I believe where we are as a nation and also where we are in the world is we're living in some of the last days. Now, I'm not going to tell you we're living in the last days, but I'm going to tell you we're living in some of the last days. And we're going to see the rumblings on an exponential curve. And so we as God's people need to be able to be very attuned to what God is saying in relationship with God. We're going to be hammering you to develop a consistency of spending time in God's word on a daily basis. Learning how to hear from God. Learning how to know God's voice. Because if you know how to hear and you know God's voice and you obey what he tells you to do, there's nothing the future holds That God won't guide you. But how is it that so many churches are deviating from God's word and choosing to throw truth away and deviate and make compromised decisions? Again, so we want to talk about that. So really my message is about making a decision. It's like this in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. You know, Joshua is at the end of his life. Again, Joshua was a part of one of the major moves of God. Now, let's back up a little bit. When Moses, first of all, had a sense of call to God, he, he knew he had a destiny. He had been raised to rescue God's people. So as a young man, he went out and he saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite and he killed him. How many of you know sometimes we can feel the call of God and we go out there and try and help God accomplish his will and we can get ahead of God? And then, but you know what cool thing is? It says the gifts and the call of God are without repentance. Moses flees for 40 years out into the desert. And then, you know, and I wonder why it was 40 years. How many of you know when God has a purpose for your life? You know, what's the difference between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost? The Holy Spirit comes in you when you give your life to Jesus Christ, right? And when you walk away from God, that same Holy Spirit called the Holy Ghost is going to haunt you until you come back. 
Amen? Well, Moses, I wonder, you know, Scripture doesn't tell, so we don't know. But I wonder how many times he walked around that area, walked around that mountain where God was, until finally one day he says, God, I'm going to go up there and check that out. And God says, Moses, you may have walked away from me, but I didn't walk away from you. Now, go set my people free. So Moses goes back to Egypt. Pharaoh that had tried to kill him was dead. And God had given him authority, gave him a rod. And he says, I want you to perform signs and wonders to validate what I'm calling you to do. Now, one of the major moves of God was God taking his people out of Egypt to the promised Canaan land. But the biggest move of God was taking Egypt out of Israel, not Israel out of Egypt. Now, when Moses shows up, Pharaoh says, he says, I want you to let God's people go to worship three days in the desert. And Pharaoh says, no way, Jose. You know, he wasn't Spanish, but you're okay. You got it. All right. And so Moses says, well, boom. So we see a series of ten different plagues. Now, what's interesting is when Moses performed a sign and wonder, eight the first two, whatever Moses did, turning the water to blood or to flies or to frogs. The first two, when, when Moses, under God's authority, the, the magicians of that day were able to do the same thing. And people go, does Satan have power? Oh my gosh, he has power. He's called the God of this world. If so, to mislead, we'll get into that scripture, even some of God's elect. So, so whenever there is a move of the Holy Spirit, I always say there's a train track going on. God is on the move, and Satan is on the move. You know, one of the other things in the news, if anybody watched the, the Emmy or Grammy, Grammy Awards. Now, guys. Now, there are some popular Christian artists that are some of the top-selling musicians, artists, music artists, whatever. Guys, if I get it wrong, just help me, okay? Did you see any of them? Now, I didn't watch it, but I had some people say, Randy, you wouldn't have believed it was Satanism, bestiality, just all kinds of rampant, and, and that's what we're promoting. And so in the same week that that took place, in the same week we have Congress trying to make a decision, should we allow a four-year-old to have chemical castration? And we also have the Church of England. That's in one week. So are, are we entering a season of deception that's opening Pandora's box to the world? And guys, this is nothing compared to what will happen. So when Moses went in, those musicians were able to do the first two. But then God showed himself strong. And you can, you can, there can be a counterfeit. And whenever God's on the move, Satan's on the move. Guys, for a long time, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when, when we were first starting Grace Church, man, we had satanic stuff, satanic rituals, pen, pentagrams being painted all over. And then all of a sudden, it just went dead. They were out of the news. But how many of you have seen in the last multiple years, they're raising their head in an unparalleled way. 
Why? It's because God is on the move, and most of the body of Christ don't know. So Satan sees it, and, and he's going to pull out his plugs. So we're going to do this train track. So what I'm going to challenge us to do, just like Joshua, God used Moses to bring the children of Israel. He wanted to take them into the promised land, but they wouldn't believe what God was speaking. And only Joshua and Caleb were two that believed what God said he would do, and they aligned their life. But because of unbelief, we know, I'm not trying to, this is not my sermon, but we know that generation of people, the millions of people, died in the desert because they wouldn't believe what God wanted to do. Yet Joshua and Caleb were able to outlive those that were 20 and above, and they, they were able to see when Moses died, God took him into the promised land. Now, Joshua was a man who knew his Joshua chapter 1. Spend time in the Word, meditate in the Word, obey God's Word, and be courageous. Now, just think with Joshua. When with Moses, they had, at the end of the, the, the ten plagues, the children of Israel died. Satan couldn't raise people from the dead. Those that were under the blood were protected. So they all said, go out, here's the money, here's our resources, leave, we don't need any more. What they did is they came to the Red Sea. Moses parts the Red Sea, they walked across. Now, at the end of Moses' life, Joshua, God tells Joshua, Joshua, it's time for a major move of God. I'm going to take Israel out of the desert, and I'm going to bring them into a land of promise and provision. So... Joshua walks up to the Jordan River. It's at flood stage, just like the Mississippi on steroids, at flood stage. And he says, okay, God, you did it for Moses. You will do it for me. But God, Joshua had to send the priests and the leaders to step into the water before it parted. Guys, we're at a place where I believe, just like Joshua, just like Moses, you're going to have to step out. And walk in obedience even when you don't see it yet. But as soon as Joshua, the priests and the leader stepped out, the waters parted. And they walked across on dry land. Now, what happened with Moses is when they went into the desert for 40 years, God sent what? To feed them. Manna. Joshua crosses. He's used to 40 years of God providing food from heaven. They get to the other side of the Jordan River, and guess what dries up? God's provision for them to eat. Like, God, I thought we were doing your will. And God says, now, this is an abundant land flowing with milk and honey. Unbelievable. Go conquer the giants of the land. And they had to go possess the land and take what God had called them to inherit. It was different than what God had done previously. So, Three things. First of all, I believe that um, three things that I think that I want to talk about. Number one is I believe God says to begin to prepare for a spiritual move of God. Number two, I believe that the body of Christ is going through a season of testing and trials. And number three is deception on steroids. <clears throat> Again, prepare for a spiritual move of God. It's like train tracks, John 10:10. 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Satan, on the other hand, comes to kill, steal, and destroy.
Now, how many of you have ever been on an airplane, flew someplace? Okay, actually, how many of you have not been on an airplane? Okay, all right. How many of you would like to know that if you get it on an airplane, that when it lands, it lands where it's supposed to? All right. Now, I'll ask you ask a question. This is something you don't know about me. But I've had the opportunity to be in a plane crash and walk away. Amen? So, so <clears throat> but see, when they have planes, they have these GPS equipment that are very accurate so that when you put in the coordinates, you fly, you take off, and, and you fly this high, and when you land, you land at this location. But you know, what if you're just one degree off? And at one degree, even at 100 feet, you may miss the end of the runway. But if you take off, is it possible that you might hit a building or another airplane? But just think if you have to fly 100 miles or 200 miles, and rather than one degree doesn't look like much, but at the end, you're, you're finding that your, your GPS is off. Man, it's going to be a crash. Now, I think that we as believers need to learn how to hear and know God's word accurately and have a GPS ability with God so that when we take off, we land where we're supposed to. It's more crucial now for us to be knowledgeable of understanding and knowing God's voice and knowing God's will. So nothing, again, if any of us could look down the future five years from now, we would always choose God's will. But sometimes when we're going through a difficulty and we don't understand what's going on, we often take wrong choices and we begin to question, did God really say? But when you're a believer in Jesus and you trust in the sovereignty of God and you trust that he has a good plan for you, how many of you know he has a very accurate GPS? And his will is always the best will. And you don't have to always understand what that will is. Romans 8, 28, God says, for I know the plan. No, that's Jeremiah 29, 11. For all, God causes all things to happen for the good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So number one, I believe that we are, God is preparing. Again, I think the next seven years uh, are a season of preparation. Now, many of us are starting to see at the same time God is on the move. How many of you have heard of the little a revival or outbreak of the Holy Spirit at a, the Azusa? Not Azusa. Asbury. Guys, those little things are starting to pop up. Just as we're starting to see those kind of things popping up. And guys, most of the revivals that have happened worldwide, historically, started with young people who didn't have a bunch of questions because they weren't so religious. They just knew they wanted God and they didn't care how it happened. It was real. All right? So, again, I believe that how about if liberty was a place where a bunch of young people wanted God. But what if we had a church or churches in the Lynchburg area that started crying out, God, we want more. And they weren't willing to be built on what God did in the past, but what God is doing in the future, but yet solidly grounded in God's word. God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Amen. Amen. I believe that there is something happening in the world. Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. 
Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it and know it? And will you give heed to it? In other words, can you see it? Yeah, sometimes we can see it, we hear it, but then God says, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do if I'm beginning to tell you, prepare, you're going to stay the same way you are? It's like when the, when the, the widow who, who, she says, my hey, I don't have enough to feed me and my family. And, Eli- and I think it's Elijah, Elijah, one of the two, says, go get all the containers and put, I'm going to begin to fill them with oil, representing the Holy Spirit. And she said she went out and got every one of them. And God poured oil into it. She was able to sell it. And her, the, when the last one was empty, her provision stopped. God says, if you hear it, what are you going to do about it? Because I want to begin to pour out oil. And again, folks, sometimes when you have a guy who you're not used to, we're spirit-filled, but we're not going to be weird and wacky. Okay? Let me tell you a weird and wacky story. Grace Church. Not your. Okay? Well, we had some ladies, and, and it's okay. Flags are cool. But I had a particular group of ladies who were at Grace, and they loved flags on Sunday morning. First of all, it became a little bit distracting up front. And then we tried to move them to the sides, and then we had to end up moving them to the back. Well, one Sunday they came in, and we had, again, our room was more church like this, and had these long rows. And so one day these ladies came in, and they said, hey, we're go- they, they had a new banner. And it, the banner was you, it, it, went, it was a long banner, two poles, and, they, and you ran over the people with the banners. All right, now we had some visitors that lady, that day. And there was a lady that came in with a tall wig hat. And so these ladies start running down the aisles. And they clipped that lady's wig. And her wig went. How many of you know that was the last day Grace Church ever had flags waving? I'm more concerned about what that visitor felt than about their ability to have an expression that was distraction. Whatever we do can become a distraction. Does that make sense? So, so I'm a spirit-filled guy. I can tell you, when I tell people I can tell you a thousand stories of God speaking and miracles, I can. But I can also get weird and wacky if you want me to. Does that make sense? I would rather earn the right where it's a safe place to bring your friends. And when they come into a church that believes that God still does miracles, God still speaks and it's safe, and it's healthy, and God touches their lives. That's what I'm interested in. Guys, we have literally been able to see thousands of people come to Christ. Thousands. See? And the people that were working in the nursery get credit for that when they go to heaven. Amen? The people that were leading on the worship team get credit for that. The people out there in the parking lot greeting people. When they get to heaven, get credit for that. So right now we're in a season when I believe that we'll see one of the largest outpourings of the Holy Spirit. People are going to begin to get saved. God's going to be on the move. Satan's on the move. Okay, Randy, speed it up. All right. First of all, I believe God's on the move. I believe the last couple years have also been a season when God is preparing his people. And when we say that, when God prepares his people, it ultimately means that they were going through a season of testing and trials. Testing is literally a season of, like you talk about metals, it's going through refining. 
It's, 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 so a piece of metal, when they first dig it out of the ground, has a bunch of debris and trash in it. So they heat it up, and then they, all the de- trash and debris, they scoop it off and throw it out. And what they do is they heat it up again, and they scoop it off so that whenever seal, silver or lead or any precious stone, gold, silver, anything, they refine it down to its purest nature. Well, I believe that God's preparing his body the church of Jesus Christ, for what is ready to come. So some of us have gone through an enormous amount of testing. And the reason I want to say that is, is uh, <clears throat> Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Now, how many of you know God knows that you're going through a trial? All right. So, you know, James, again, if anybody ever wants when I do a sermon, because I don't always finish my sermon notes, some of the people in the back said, Pastor, you only got to three of your slides out of 42 last sermon. I'm trying to finish this time. Why does God sometimes allow us to go through difficulties? Now, I believe that many of you, as well as people in the body of Christ, have gone through the last couple of years through some really serious times of testing and difficulty. First of all, God's not going to put on you more than you can handle. And sometimes when you go through difficulties, God says, like Job, hey, Satan, I've got a guy, test him. What? When you're going through testing, sometimes it's, there's three ways. Either one, like any man, James chapter one, count it all joy, brother, when you go through many trials of various kinds. Count it all joy. How many of you love it when you go through trials? But God says, count it all joy. Why? Because it's testing us. It's proving us so that we can walk with endurance, with perseverance, with joy, so that Christ is formed in us. God's more, more interested in you shining and looking like Jesus than he is in blessing you with success. Because some success is sometimes the worst thing that can ever happen to a Christian because they think it's somehow they had a part of doing it. So what does testing so we went from Moses, God did an amazing thing. Joshua comes in, and during his lifetime, he wipes out the Canaanites, Hittites, the Perizzites, the Ubites, the Leftites, you know, all that. Whatever I want, right? So then, Joshua's at the end of his life, and he pulls all the children of Israel together and says, Guys, I'm about going to be with the Lord. And he, he makes this is in Second Chronicles 7.14. Somebody knows it? Come on. If my people... Who are called by my name. My kids will humble themselves and pray and turn from their sins, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will come and bring healing. I will bring healing. I will bring revival to their land. But guys, you can do what you want to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, guys, if we're experiencing a beginning to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we're beginning to see an outpouring of deception. God's allowing his people to send us through trials. So the best thing we can do now is like Joshua. Joshua says, for Joshua in his lifetime, they lived very peaceful. Why? It's because Moses got, spent 40 years getting Egypt out of Israel. And when Joshua took over, he took a band of warriors that had been battle-ready, and they wiped out the giants. But over time, those giants got old, and they died. Right? Not the giants, the giant killers, the children of Israel. So now, Joshua's dying, 
And then we go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Let's turn to Judges chapter 3. Judges chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. These are the nations the Lord left to test all the Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of Israel who had not previous battle experience. So what? God allowed some enemies to rise up. Why? To teach God's people how to fight battles. How to be soldiers to gain victory. Guys, now, you are not part of Grace Church Southern Pines, but we're probably 60% military. And where we are located, uh, Fort Bragg, Clinton, Jake Hills, both his father was military. Guys, where we're located in the military, in the Army, they have regular Army, then they have Special Forces Rangers, and then they have Delta. Well, guys, the baddest of the bad of the bad in the world come to Grace Church Southern Pines. I mean, these are the most elite soldiers in the world, and they're a part of our church. Our safety team popped somebody last week. Did you hear what I just said? So, what, why sometimes armies have to be in war? It's because if, if you just put it on paper and you don't teach them how to do it, our people are always going to be involved in some type of battle around the world. Some of the biggest battles probably be with China. Guys, just so you kind of know, so this is like one of the, gen, one of the guys that's a, a up-and-coming general here in our church is one of our elders. He says, Randy, the war in Ukraine is nothing. Now, in the news, it's something. He says, just remember that Russia has the economy less than the state of Texas. If America wanted to go wipe Russia off the face of the earth, we could do it tomorrow. But they're teaching our soldiers how to prepare for the next battle, which will probably be with China. We're helping train armies to train to fight the battle. We're in a time in the world where God's teaching his children to prepare for battle. Because there is a season of testing that's going to come across the body of Christ that's going to be unparalleled. Now, are we getting a little bit deeper here? Some of you have gone through some testing because God trusts you enough to allow you to be tested so that if you'll believe in him, he will use your difficulty to change people's lives. God never wastes a shame. God never wastes a pain. If you're walking with Jesus and you're going through difficulty, either James chapter 1, count it all joy, brother, when you encounter trials of many kinds. Is there trials? Some Does God allow sometimes for us to go through trials? Why? To test us, to prove us. Does Satan sometimes... Lie and deceive and send trials our way. So you have to be able to discern, is this from God? Is this from Satan? But what's one of the, our biggest problems with trials? Where do most of our trials come from? Our own flesh. So when you're going through a trial, you need to know where in the world that trial is coming from. And if you don't know how to hear from God, don't know if it's conviction of the Holy Spirit or condemnation by Satan, God wants to teach, teach his people how to do warfare. Our battle is not flesh and blood, but a spiritual powerful to tearing down strongholds and lies and deception. 
And then we learn to take every thought captive. And devil, you're not going to have me. You're not going to have my mind. You're not going to have my family. So you need to know if you're in a battle and going through a trial, what in the world am I going through this? Now, I've been through some horrendous trials, and some of them have lasted for years. Some things I've seen God do amazing things, and then there's a couple areas that's like, God, when are you going to deliver me? I got married 43 years ago to the same woman that is my wife. That's an important thing nowadays. And there were some things I told God. I said, God, you told me this is going to be my my wife. I said, Lord, there's some things I don't like about her. And he says, Randy, you can either get married in June or October. Now, how many of you know, I'm still waiting on God to fix some of those problems. Some of you are married to some of those problems. Amen? My wife's an amazing woman. But she's, she's had some real difficulties with me because I'm a rough cop. But when you, what you see with Randy is what you get. What you see in private, you're going to see in public. I'm just a Joe Schmo that's learned how to hear from God and do what he tells me to do. <clears throat> so God's allowing us to go through testing. The third thing is deception on steroids. <clears throat> Matthew 24, 24 through 25. It says, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders. So as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Even the elect. Behold, I have told you this in advance. In other words, God says, guys, deception's coming. And I'm warning you, don't get off caught, caught off guard. Don't be surprised when this happens. Because if possible, even many of God's children are going to throw out the Bible as God's word. Going to throw out God's design for family, God's design for marriage. Who is Jesus Christ? What is the way of salvation? When does life begin? When does life end? Second Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you will not be carried away by the lawlessness of men and fall away from your secure position. Guys, there's been an assault on this nation and the churches worldwide. And the deception that churches that have walked away from the Lord jumped on to, to social issues and agendas that have distracted and taken away from who God has called us to be. We're to be the people that change the world through the power of love, through God's, through believing in, in Jesus the Messiah, King of kings, Lord of lords. So there's such a time of uncertainty, there's such a time of confusion, such a time of deception. You know, when I was a kid growing up, again, I grew up in Colorado, in the mount, a mountainous town on the western slope. So when people say, uh, I grew up and I had to walk a mile to the school uh, in the snow uphill, I did. It was non-optional. Now, back then, I could go in the summer. My mom and dad both worked. We had six children in our family. And 
We, I, I would walk out of the house as a, during the summer, take my BB gun and my bicycle and go right up and down an irrigation ditches, shooting frogs and snakes and picking asparagus and whatever. And they said, just make sure you're home for supper. Guys, you don't even allow your kids to walk across the street. Most parents now take their children to school because they're afraid of what's going to happen on the buses. But we allow, we're more concerned about their physical safety, but we're not concerned about the things that are being fed in schools and what truths are being communicated to them. We need to train our children to be warriors, teach them how to fight, not to hide, but to learn how to win successfully at the battles that they're getting ready to face. Guys, some of us are, we don't have old people here. We just have people who are closer to Jesus. Amen? All right. Our children are going to be the warriors to a high degree. This next generation, we've got a bunch of young people here. I'm going to tell you, you take me, I'm an old seasoned warrior. I've been through many battles in the kingdom of God, seen amazing things. What I've seen is nothing in compared to what you guys are going to see. But what we're going to do, those who are closer to Jesus now, let's begin to set the stage in preparation for what God is going to do. Guys, I believe God is going to begin to pour out his spirit here in the Lynchburg area. For years I've sensed that. And I believe that we're in a season that this church needs to begin to gear up and be prepared. We don't have time to dilly-dally. Amen? It's not just this church. We need to prepare this community. And who are you, Randy? I'm nobody. I'm just a man who knows how to hear from God, has done what God's told me, and I've seen God bless the living bejeebies out of us. Amen? This church has been built on prayer and solid biblical teaching, preparing a a foundation to begin to launch these people. Some of the people that are going to be coming into this church are going to be a bunch of young people. And how many of you know we're going to have some problems when they do? You know the little saying I'm going to say? We didn't have any problem until all these young people started showing up. But guys... It's the olders, those are closer to Jesus. Those have been in seasoned warriors that we're going to begin to train and prepare and disciple and mentor. Amen? I believe the next seven years are seasons of preparation for some of the most difficult times the world has ever known. But that During that season, I believe we're going to start to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders, miracles. And again, if you try to, some of us have been in moves of God. I've been through three major moves of the Holy Spirit in my lifetime. Every one of them was different, almost contradicting the other one. And it's like, what? How many of you know God's going to do something new? But you can sense it. Can't you feel it? The thing in Asbury that's going on now, I believe, is going to start happening. Let it happen here. So what is truth? When Jesus was on trial, was brought before Pilate. Pilate says, you are a king, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you're right. I'm saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born and for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pilate asked this question, what is truth? Folks, the truth isn't a what. The truth is a who. What we believe determines how we behave. Let me, I am going to actually try and wrap up. I'm going to use an illustration. 
There were two men went to college together. One of them uh, gave during college season, went through, uh, was exposed to the gospel, gave his life to Christ, and literally later on felt like God had called him to study and prepare for ministry. The other gentleman wanted to be a college professor, and so after graduation they parted. Now, later on they saw, they somehow, uh, they kind of kept in contact a little bit with Facebook, and then one time the college professor was going to be coming through the town where the pastor now lived. And so he invited him over to his home. And so when they came in, he says, hey, good to see you. It's been a long time. They connected. And, they, and then somehow the, the discussion of child rearing came up. And so the, the college professor started telling about his philosophy of how children should be raised. And uh, he says, you know, I think children should have the right to choose if they believe in God or not. I don't want to force religion down my children's uh, face and tell them what they should believe. And this whole thing with gender, and I think a child should be allowed to choose what he or she wants to be. Now, doesn't that sound like something that's happening in the world today? And then the pastor says, man, I'm going to handle this. So he says, hey. You know, you knew I, I love gardening, right? He says, yeah. He says, could I take out, I have the most amazing rose garden, and I'd like to show it to you. So he kind of switched the topics a little bit because they started talking. You could tell the heat was starting to rise on, you know, biblical child rearing and, you know, all that kind of topic. Guys, you can correct people's marriage, but it's sometimes hard to correct you about kids. I mean, all right. Mama Bear coming. Yeah. Right? So... The pastor goes out, and he, rather than coming out the front door and going to the left, he goes to the right, and he walks over, and there's this uh, chain-link fence, and he walks over to the chain-link fence, and he says, he, he looks at it, and he says, what do you think of my garden? Man, isn't it amazing? The guy goes, what are you talking about? He says, it's a vacant lot. It's full of trash. People dump, dump stuff right over there. There's weeds and trees and debris and it looks like it smells like a cesspool oh he said oh did i say that was my rose garden he said excuse me there was these big how many of you ever these big uh tumbleweeds how many of you guys that's what that looked like and he walks around the other side of the house and he gets to the other side of the house the sunny side of the house and there's this most amazing ornate rose garden and the college professor goes, wow, you told me you had a rose garden, but man, I would have never thought. And then he goes in and he shows this. He says, this is the name of this, gives the, the original whatever Latin name. And he says, but this is a pink flower, but notice the blue spikes in the, in the rose and the smell. He says, what, in order for me to accomplish that, I have to put this fertilizer on at this time of the year. And he says, every year I have to go in and I have to prune it. I have to fertilize it. I have to water it. And he, said, he, says, he says, it's kind of like child rearing. He says, if you give your children the opportunity to become what they want, for them to make the decision, you're going to get exactly what you saw on the other side of this house, a pile of trash that's a cesspool with no direction, no purpose, no intentionality. He says, but see my rose garden? I know what I wanted. And I devoted myself to planting what I wanted And I nurtured it, I developed it, I watered it, I pruned it, I trim it. And the guy goes, it's the most amazing one. 
Guys, we're in a time when we need to make a decision about what we're going to do about the truth. Are we going to stand for God's word? Are we going to make a decision about what we're going to raise our children like? The Bible is God's word. It's the manufacturer. It's worked in generation after generation after generation. And when we choose to do it different than God's word, we're, we're beginning to make subtle choices that will eventually lead you to like all the cemeteries of today. There were once seminaries training God's people. The church of Jesus Christ is going to come into a season of testing. So the best time to face a test is before the test ever comes. Like Joshua in, in, in 2 Chronicles 7 to 14, guys. But as for me and my household, we're going to make a decision to serve the Lord. Now, I can't tell you what you're going to do. But for me, we're going to stand and meditate on God's word. We're not deviating. Is who is God? Who is Jesus? You know, when you throw out Jesus as being the Savior of the world... You know, there's called universalism, and guys, you'd be surprised at how... I thought when we went through Bible college, I heard this stuff, but man, when I became a pastor, we tried to do an outreach into the city. And so we wanted to put the Jesus video in every home and every prison in Moore County, and that's our county. And so we said, let's get all the churches together and raise money so this 100,000 people will have the gospel in every home on video or this cassette back then. We started pulling all these churches together. And then after about three months, six months, we just gave up. You know why? Because when we pulled these churches who I thought preached the gospel, even though I was a young pastor, I'm going, I thought you guys believed in the Bible. I thought you believed in what is the gospel. But you know what we found? Is the argument that we found was, how does a person give their life to Jesus Christ? Because at the end of the book of, of this Jesus video, the, the gospel presentation gives people an opportunity to receive Christ as their Savior. For many of those churches, well, you become a believer when you come down to the front of the church. Or when you acknowledge Jesus, that there's no born-again conversion. And again, those churches don't believe the Bible's God's word. They don't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. They don't believe in God's design for family and marriage. And guys, I'm going... And most of the people in those churches don't know. I would venture to say that most of the churches in my county, I can't tell you here, have a low view of Scripture, not a high view of Scripture. And ultimately, ultimately, if if Jesus isn't God, and it's required for you to trust in Christ alone for your salvation, basically universalism is, is everybody goes to heaven. All dogs go to heaven. In fact, Satan himself goes to heaven. I got a couple of Bible college students here. Guys, I'm telling you, it's more out there than you would ever think. But most of those churches are dying. COVID did a testing. Randy, shut up. Okay. <coughs> so, guys, I'm going to just challenge this church. Before that testing happens, let's make a decision. Today, that no matter what happens, I'm going to choose to believe in God's word and not choose to compromise with the world. Can I get an amen there? So let's just close. And one of the things that is always a core tenet with us is we always give people an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus Christ.
You may be here. You've never trusted in Christ alone for your salvation. You're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. How many of you know that's a big deal? That's the biggest deal in the world. <coughs> the most important decision you'll ever make. So if you haven't done that at the end of this service, we're going to give you an opportunity to come down, pray with some people up front, and pray that prayer. Amen? But what I want today for this church is I believe God's telling us to begin to prepare for what's coming. So can I challenge you here, especially I have a lot of young people that are in the room today. Can we make a decision that we're not going to deviate from salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. We're going to make a decision for God's design for family, for God's design for marriage. doesn't mean you haven't blown it. How many of you know Moses killed somebody? How about David killed somebody? But when he repented and turned to the Lord, God says, he's a man after my own heart. Guys, it doesn't mean that we haven't made mistakes. Some of us have gone through some things, done some things, made some bad decisions. Can I get an amen there too? But God doesn't change his word. He doesn't deviate from his standards. No matter what we've done, God's word needs to hold true. Let's make that decision today. As for me and for my household. You have to do it. It's between you and God. But the best time to make a decision is before the problem ever comes. If we knew God's will five years from now, we'd always choose his will. So let's do it right now. Father, right now, we just come before you. On behalf of Cornerstone, on behalf of these people, Lord, I'm, I, right now, lead this church and this congregation into the decision that we're going to follow God's will. We're going to align ourselves with God's word. Father, we're making a decision that what comes down in the future, Father, as for me and my household, we're going to choose to follow Jesus Christ no matter what. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Folks, there's going to be some people available for prayer. I know that they're going to ask everybody to go up and set up some tables. Please stick around for some food. If you're new visiting, you're welcome to. If you need to get out of here, I understand. But guys, we're trying to prepare for what God is ready, getting ready to do in this church. Amen. I think right now is a pivotal time in the, in the life of this church because God is on the move, but so is Satan. God bless you. Hang around. Thanks for visiting. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.